Hi, this is Tony. And this is Joel. And then we're talking with Fred. And today we're going to be talking with Fred about identity. This is uh, a subject that I've often thought about and always had a hard time trying to explain it just to myself. Even if someone wanted to ask me, I never felt comfortable enough to be able to discuss it. Okay. And um, I think, and I'm not going political on this, it's just I think even more so today, mm. I see that identity uh, or having an identity is becoming a big issue. Okay. And I, and I really feel that when this starts to happen, it becomes a dangerous thought pattern mm -hmm. and people get lost easily and then can be manipulated in that process. And then you really just don't know where to go. And then the next generation, I believe, is just lost completely okay. and so forth. Okay. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's a very good question. I think it's a really good topic. And I think um, maybe we should take our, our point of reference from John 14, where Jesus says, in my father's house, are there many mansions? Um, mm -hmm. You remember the, the verse, right? Yes. Okay. Tony, when I quote that verse to you, is there anything that strikes you when I qu quote that? In my father's house, are there many mansions? Does that say anything to you? For me, that always meant that, you know, first off, when you talk about many mansions, there's a lot of room, but I don't think it's just the physical, right. uh, a physical place, because I always knew that Jesus spoke in metaphors as well, speaking to Jews at his time. So to me, that right. just means that, you know what, you are welcome in my house. You're welcome in my presence. You're welcome mm -hmm. to me because there is plenty of room for you to come in. That's how I see it. Yeah. And, and well, yeah, and that's exactly right, because you have to look at it that way, right? Because how can one house yeah. have many mansions? And, you know, the, the translation, at least in the King James, has always been in my mm -hmm. father's house or many mansions. And then in some of the other translations, it'll be translated in my father's house or many rooms. And but the point about it is it's a metaphor. Right. So we have to look at it that way and we have to say, OK, what Jesus, what are you saying? Mm -hmm to us, right? And so from from kind of a, what would I say, from, from a salvation point of view, we use it to communicate the fact that, hey, everybody can come, right? Everyone's welcome. There's no difference. Every, salvation is for everyone. But we can also look at it, and we also have to look at it in our own lives, right? That there has, that in my father's house, there's also room for all individuals. And then it becomes a question of, okay, well, how do we identify? Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what you're talking about, right? Yeah. Identity. What does identity mean for you? I, I thought about it this way. Yeah. Okay. I looked at it like, for example, with the job resume, right? On a job resume, you can list all the things that you've done in your life. But there comes also the job application where you have to talk about who you are. Because you can always say what you've done and people are impressed by that. But it's who you are that is the kicker. Mm. And to me, that's how I look at it, is who am I? So would you would you de describe identity as being only what you do and not what you think or what you say? Or how, how would you define that? I think it would probably be a mix of everything. Okay. Because there's one thing you can say something, but also are you a doer of right. what you say you do? Right, right. So, and I mean, if... For me, if I fall and I'm just someone who says something, then that's just all I am. It's just all bark and no bite. Right, right. And Paul talks about talks about it in Philippians. He talks about it in, in Colossians about putting on the identity or the garments of Christ, right? 
that that we have mm-hmm. something we have something greater that we look to to give ourselves identity. Um, mm-hmm. You hear Paul write on occasion, "Imitate me, be an imitator of me." Right? Well, well, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, you have to have this because you know he was dealing with people that had no idea about who God was. They didn't have the Jewish tradition of what God is yeah. and who God is and what it all means. He's talking about people that are talking to people that have never heard it before. Right. And so he's saying, well, you know, imitate me as I imitate Christ. And so, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it has to be something that penetrates us mind, body, and soul. Right. I think that's where a lot of things become complicated with people because you start, I mean, obviously imitating Christ would be the best way to go. If you, if you're not comfortable right. with yourself, you tend to start imitating your surroundings and people around you that you think is cool. I mean, I, there are times I've fallen into that myself and I've had to say to myself, no, stop. I'm not this person. Right. They do it this way. I have to figure out I'm doing it a different way and I will always do it a different way. I think you're right. And I think a lot of times people look around them for reinforcement, for affirmation, for confirmation when they're feeling uncomfortable or stressed, right? Precisely. And I think probably that's the biggest hurdle that anyone has to has to face in life. I mean, you have to be who you are in your identity for Christ and not dependent on what people say around you. And that is not to say that you're not supposed to take into consideration other people's feelings and ideas and all of those things, right? Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, it, it it's kind of like we've talked a lot about, you know, before, you know, when me and you are together privately, we can joke around with each other. Right. But yeah. then it stays between us precisely inside of, of the family context. And then when we go out to other people, then we treat each other with the respect that, you know, is required. And I think yeah. that's I think if, if you ask me, that's kind of where I see the lines being blurred today is mm-hmm. people think, no, it's OK, I can. You know, I, I can just say what I want to to anybody at any time in any way. And, and I think that's where it kind of gets a little dangerous. That's that's exactly like it's interesting you say that because uh, moving here to Denmark, for example, it, I really learned it the hard way. You know me very well. And like you just said, in uh, in our private talkings and everything, we can joke around and be ourselves. But living in a different country. Right. I can't be always, I can be myself, but I have to kind of feel like I'm on guard because I understand that there's a language barrier and people don't understand that. And so things will go over someone's head and it can be taken as an insult. And yeah, right. plenty of times I've been burned because of that, because I was just being myself and not taking mm. into account of culture and who's around me. Yeah. And so and that's a very interesting point, Tony, because it's exactly right. And I think a lot of people find themselves in that position. Right. They 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 have this idea that, well, this is who I am. And I think that is a fascinating question because Mm -hmm. who are we? Right. Yeah. I mean, who are we? You know, and when you when you get past the DNA question, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, that I am the flesh and blood of my parents. Yeah. And thus my grandparents and, you know, all of that. Then there's tremendous amount of cultural background that goes into it. Right. Yeah. 
And, and, and I think it's the context that we lose track of, mm-hmm. you know, it's the context that we, that we, that we fight with because that's what defines what we're talking about. Right. Mm-hmm. For example, for example, now we're going to jump out into some rather controversial waters, mm-hmm. but let, let's do it anyway. <laughs> you know, you know, Paul writes, for example, to Timothy in first Timothy, mm-hmm. I don't allow women to teach or to be an authority over men. Right. Yeah. And so there have, we have a question that in our modern times, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's really difficult. Ask my wife that so question. What, <laughs> see, see response. <laughs> yeah, right. And so, but the, but the point about it is, well, shouldn't we ask some fundamental questions? Yeah, why? Okay, let me ask that. you. Let, let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Where was Paul when he wrote that letter? He was mm-hmm. in prison, right? Right, right. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, where was there. Timothy? He was out. Where about. was Timothy? <laughs> well, no, he was the pastor in Ephesus. Right. Do you remember what the religion of Ephesus was? That was you can Greek. read about it. Yeah, that yeah, was a you Greek. can read about it in yeah. Acts, right? It's yeah. Artemis, mm-hmm. right? You remember the story about the, uh, the 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 Smiths that come out and come against Paul, and they begin to tell everybody they're going to ruin our business with this new mm-hmm. uh, religion because our religion is Artemis, and yeah. and our, we make gods and we sell those gods, and that's the, the basis of our economy, right? Yeah. Well, the point about it is that religion was a fertility religion. It was a religion based around a female god. And so that means that all that the priests and the teachers and all of that in that religion in Ephesus were women. And right. so, you know, it, it, in, in Timothy's situation, it wasn't a good idea to identify with an old tradition. Yeah. Right. Let's look at it from another point of view. Do you remember the story when Abraham meets God and, you know, Abraham says, hey, God, all of this is wonderful. You know, you're going to bless me and I'm going to be rich and prosperous and powerful and all these great things. But it doesn't matter. I don't have a son. Yeah. And so God says, I know I'm going to give you a son. And then when he when Isaac is born, what happens? God says, I want you to take him to the mountain and, and sacrifice, sacrifice him. him. Yeah. Right. And the funny thing is, the Bible says early the next morning, Abraham took out, you know, he didn't question it. Why? Well, why didn't he question it? It would seem to me that it would be a logical question to say, hey, wait a minute, God. <laughs> you promised you know, me this, so why am I killing yeah, him? <laughs> what, what's going on here, right? <laughs> yeah. But, but when, you, when you look at it in the context of Abraham and the religions of the area at the yeah. time, to offer children was not outside of the norm. Yeah. Some of the gods in the areas of Canaan practice infanticide. Mm-hmm. And so Abraham thinks, okay, this is, you know, it's just part of this the God's culture. like all other. Yeah, yeah. This is what gods do, right? Yeah. And so he goes to the top of the mountain and God says to him, no, that's not who I am, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to take your life. I'm going to offer myself for you, mm-hmm. right? And if you don't take those things into consideration, then you kind of lose track about what we're talking about, right? Yeah. I think that's you where know, a lot of people I'm, have issues with uh, text, with the Bible, is that they, they feel like, you know, people have to be set in a place. Like, yeah. this is your place, so you just sit there and shut up and deal with yeah. whatever it is that you're dealing with and let me do what I do, and that's it. Right. If my my mentors were writing me a letter 
about my pastorate in Copenhagen. They wouldn't be telling me about what's going on in no. China, right? They would tell me about what I'm facing exactly, here, right? And so they they would take up, you know, this is what you would do in this situation and when you when you react to this situation. And that's kind of the things what you're mm-hmm. talking about in meeting the culture, mm-hmm. right? We've all been through it. And it's interesting to go on, you know, YouTube or Instagram mm-hmm. or TikTok or whatever and 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 find those people that have moved to another yeah. culture. They always make uh, videos about these are the things I don't like, Ick, or these are the things that, sh- that, that stress me. These are the things yeah. that challenge me. Well, those are all questions about mm-hmm. things that are different. And that is really, really interesting, right? Because, for example, in Denmark, they are very reserved. You know, they're very, you know, yeah, they are the used way they to, are. Uh, and, and here I come. To, my- in, in the States, we're used to people jumping, hollering, and just using the floor in church. Yeah. I mean, I'm using church as an example. You know, using the floor to their advantage. Yeah. They want to run around, run around, you know, however you want to feel expression to, to worship Christ in here is it's a lot more backed off. Exactly. And every time we have a guest speaker, for example, yeah. from America in, in Copenhagen, <laughs> I have to have a talk with them and I have to say, you know, listen, there's some things you've got to understand. First of all, you've got to understand that in America, we are a motivational tradition. You motivate mm-hmm. me to do something. You can see it in politics. You can see it in business. You can see it in religion. Motivate me to do something, right? And so you'll have, that's where all of these stories come in. Mm -hmm. These narratives come in. Whether they're true or false doesn't matter, but it's something that moves the people, right? And that plays an important role in our culture. Well, that's not a big thing here. Here, they have more of a culture of, okay, put your argument on the table. I will consider it. If I think it's okay, mm-hmm. then I'll use it, right? Or I'll answer it or whatever. They're just very, very different. And so I have seen speakers come to Copenhagen and, you know, tell these fantastic stories and expect a reaction from the congregation. And the congregation is just kind of sitting there like, <laughs> yeah, okay, that's just a story. Nothing questions you, know? you more and, than that. And you can see it. <laughs> yeah. You know, you can see the panic yeah. in their eyes, right? And they start pushing from their midsection, right? They, start they start pushing louder, and they get yeah. louder and louder, right? And, and the next thing I say, you know, hey, in, in America, we expect if somebody is in agreement, if congregation is agreement, yeah. we're going to I'm hear something. something. Not here. If they're listening to you, then they're yeah. deadly quiet, right? And so I tell them, if they're really quiet, that means you have yeah. their attention. And that's when you're getting through here. And it's, it's really difficult because I've got some really good friends that come and preach and, and they always say that's the most difficult yeah. thing to get used to because I think they all say, well, when they get really quiet, yeah. I think I'm bombing. We go the opposite direction. You know? <laughs> and so what do we do as, right. And so what do we do as America? We start yeah. telling big stories, right? Real we start, voting. we start getting louder, you know, <laughs> and that all comes back to the identity yeah. of who we are. And I think it's important for us to realize what is it in life that has mm-hmm. formed us? Why are we the way we are? Accept it. Yeah. That's a big part of it. We have to accept the way we were raised, the yeah. way we grew up, the good, the bad, the ugly, the positive, the negative, all mm-hmm. of those different things. And then we have to say, okay, well, well what is really truly important mm-hmm. here? Right. For example, in Ephesians 4, Paul writes again, you know, there are some 
God has placed among mm-hmm. us some, not all, but some to be apostles, yeah. some to be prophets, some to be teachers, some <laughs> teacher. to be shepherds, right? And so, yeah. and some to be evangelists, right? And so, there's an identity that some of this is going to be based on who we are as a person. I'm not the quote unquote traditional evangelist, yeah. right? Because traditionally we have looked at evangelism as kind of being, you know, what we would see as the right. televangelist, right? The guys that can really motivate, the guys that can really put on a they can real put uh, on a good uh, show, uh, yeah. What can we see? Uh, I, I mean, not, I'm not making, well, yeah, yeah, not, yeah. I don't yeah. mean that I, negatively. I, 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 <laughs> clarify that. I'm not talking about like a dog and pony show. I just <laughs> right. mean that they're 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 animated. No, 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 no. And so but, they yeah. they're like you said, it gets yeah, it gets exactly. people motivated, people on fire. And so that, that's what I mean by show. And that's just not me as a person. That's just mm. not my character, right? And so when I, when I started out pastoring, I really didn't think I could pastor because I didn't look like any of those guys. No. You know, I was much more reserved, much more teaching, much more eye to eye. And, and I have learned through the years to use that to my advantage because I recognized I have to accept right. who I am and mm. then work on it. And it does not mean that you say, okay, I am this way, so that's just the way it is. Everybody has to accept me. No, no, that's my start. I think that also falls with, like Paul said, some people are this, 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 and that. So, I mean, kind of like your talents. And so, like me, yeah, I'm a drummer. Yeah, some people can turn around like, I've heard, I like your musicianship. I don't like to use the term musician Mm -hmm. because for me, musician is a plural term because that means Mm -hmm. I can play a different instrument if I need to. No, I'm a drummer because that's what I know how to play. That is what I have learned to work on over the years to perfect that talent. So there I focus more on than I do any other instrument. And that's a great picture, right? Because especially for someone like you that Mm -hmm. comes to Denmark, then, you know, just the fact that you're a drummer is Mm -hmm. not even enough because then you have to go in and find out, okay, I know that I'm a drummer. Mm -hmm. That's my identity, right? But then I also had to find out, well, how do they yeah. play drums here, right? Because, for example, in Denmark, they don't have Friday evening high no. school football games where a lot of drummers in, in America first get exposed yeah. to playing yeah. the drums, Marching band. right? And so they don't have, right? So they don't have that type of, of, no. of drum playing, you know? And if you come here and start playing the drums like a Friday night <laughs> marching band thing, then everybody Bye. says... You know, we don't like that. We don't like that. Right. They want a much more subdued type of more jazz type drum play. That's that's what they like. And so, you know who you are as a drummer. Mm -hmm. Right. You have have that identity. I have perfected it. I've learned Mm -hmm. it. I'm passionate about it. But I also want to be able to present it in a way that is to other people's advantage and to their benefit. I noticed that actually back. um a few years ago when uh, we were all together at summer camp and um, there was a, a band that came from uh, England or at least the UK from what I remember. Mm. And I remember the drummer uh, and bear with me on how I want to say this because I'm not coming across bigoted or any way racist. I just want you guys to understand what I'm saying. The drummer was happened to be a black man. And he was a fantastic drummer. I really enjoyed his playing. And me growing mm. up in the United States, I always admired drummers who happened to be black because they 
they were very, you would call it aggressive. They, they really filled out the drum. I mean, they mm-hmm. just played right. and I always loved that style, but he yeah. didn't play that way. He played a lot more right. reserved yeah. and it really like had yeah. me for a minute, like kind of had me like almost not enjoying it because I was, I had this vision of how a mm. certain style was being played. But then talking with, uh, with a friend of mine, she was like, yeah, that's Europe for you. We're more reserved here in, in Europe. Right. So you're not going to have that more right. aggressive gospel style. You're just going to have this ba- basic uh, right. style that's going to be played. And it really opened my eyes, and I thought right. it was fantastic. And so it is because, you know, you have the identity mm-hmm. of being a drummer, but then you also have the expectation of what I mm-hmm. expect people to, yeah. to respond to. Right. Helps me more so as a person. That puts the right. That puts the demand on me. And that's why Jesus says, I want you to love each other. Because when you love each other in a biblical perspective, then you take the other people's position mm-hmm. into account. Right. And so, for example, in, in in the culture that we live in, in Denmark, it's very different from mm-hmm. our American culture. One of the things is one of the times that people around me can get aggressive with me. And Danes don't often get mm. aggressive, right? But occasionally they do. But it's usually because they're worried. It's usually because they see something in mm-hmm. me that they don't understand, right? And so they begin to push me. And uh, I've learned to say, okay, I need to back up and find out, okay, what's bothering them, you know, so that mm-hmm. I can adjust it, right? Because I know who I am as a pastor, but if I can't, if I can't yeah. give that to the congregation in a yeah. Danish context that is acceptable, then I can't get anywhere. And that's why Paul's mm-hmm. writing to Timothy, you know, be careful who you allow to, mm-hmm. to teach. And to speak, because there's a lot of symbolism in it. There's a lot of cultural in it. There's a lot of these things that people have expectations. They have pictures in their brains. Mm -hmm. They have metaphors that they're working with that we have to work with and against and bring them down to understanding. the. Do you suppose is that why Paul uh, says, for example, um, in understanding this, right, just a little just to kind of rewind a little bit to when Jesus spoke, we always understood that Jesus spoke in metaphoric ways because signs and wonders, because he was speaking to Jews, because that's how they understood the world, right? Mm. So is that why Paul says we Greeks look for logic, right? right. And others right. look for right. signs yeah. and wonders, but we speak Christ crucified. Is that because right. culturally you're trying to you're trying not to offend everyone or not offend, but you're trying to be sensitive towards the culture. Yeah, so exactly. Not dumb it down, but you make it just a simple, this is what it is. Well, well, Paul is, is teaching us to always focus on what Christianity mm-hmm. is all about. Christianity is all about the belief that there's something mm-hmm. greater than us that can change everything, yeah. right? Christ crucified. That's mm-hmm. the world we live in. Death is something we all know it's going to happen one day. But what Paul says is we believe that something can happen at death that we can mm-hmm. be resurrected again. And that's the fundamental belief in Christ. And in Romans, remember, he says it doesn't matter if you're mm-hmm. Jewish or Greek, if you're free or slave, if you're man or woman, we are all equal mm-hmm. in the sight of God. 
right? So you can't say that to the Romans, yeah. <laughs> right? And then turn around and say something right. else to the Ephesians. Well, he he wasn't. He was yeah. very consistent. His position was always men and women are equal in the sight of God. They have the same opportunities, the same responsibilities. And in fact, when you study the first church mm-hmm. in the first century, and even at the time of Christ, for example, John, he writes that there was a group of women around Jesus that that basically financed mm-hmm. the ministry. Right. And so if it wouldn't been for men, women, the gospel would have never come out because they mm-hmm. facilitated it. They led it. They opened their homes. They were the ones. They were, were the, the first leaders. ones to tell they everyone had, that Christ was resurrected. Exactly. Exactly. And so those type things mm-hmm. we, we tend to forget. And and the point being that, yeah, everyone's equal. But we have to understand how mm-hmm. I present it, right? So, so I can't come Sunday morning mm-hmm. in my church and dress like some people dress mm-hmm. in other contexts, right? And run back and forth on the pulpit and jump up and down. <laughs> You'd be searching for a new job. These people would turn me off <laughs> yeah. in a second, right? Yeah. You know, uh, and it, 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 for example, it's because one of the discussions that I have a lot with friends at home is, you know, they have a hard time understanding that here we don't have a president. We have right. a, a prime minister and that we call our prime minister yeah. by their first name. That's the same thing with teaching. Right? You it's don't the same do that thing in, in the school in America. The kids, it's, they call you by your first name. Exactly. And mis- yeah. And, and in America, mm-hmm. you know, we say Mr. President, you know, no, yeah. here it's Joe, you know, here it's not a prime minister. Metaphorics and it's yeah. not meta. You know? My mother has and, had that and, that and, issue, and, uh, and we've had that conversation. She, you know, and, and it comes back to that culture. You know, this is his position, so yeah. you make sure you call him pastor. And I'm like, Mom, that's not the case here. Nobody, nobody calls that. me pastor. Don't, and <laughs> nobody and I, calls and I even me had to tell her that when, when we came and for for the wedding, and she kept calling uh, Desiree's grandfather. By pastor, and it was like, Mom, just call him by his name. That's a title that is just not used here. So respect, relax. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. And and it and and that's an interesting thing you take up, right? Because because for me, mm-hmm. I've had to learn that that for example, people that move to Copenhagen mm-hmm. from different cultures, they have that background that they need to yeah. show me that respect, and so they call me pastor. Well, then in that situation. It's really unwise for me to say, mm-hmm. no, wait a minute. Now you're in Denmark. You have to yeah. just call me by Joe. No, I need to respect who they yeah. are, where they're at. It's and true. in time, yeah. they will learn yeah. that. Right. And so and so it's that we get back to that. What Jesus taught us. We know who our identity is. We've been clothed with salvation. We've mm-hmm. been clothed through Christ. The power of the Holy Spirit works in us to transform us. But then we have to live that out in every day mm-hmm. in a way that is acceptable and advantageous for those around us. And that's what love is so, all about. And so, so that's what makes it important. So if you had to list it out, right, in this sense, let's say we had to list it out. How yeah. would you list that yeah. out uh, to say my identity in Christ. Would you say that, for example, I am the child of the living God. I am more than a conqueror. I have all that I need through him because he is my place of origin. How would you say? That's a very good question, Tony, because sometimes we hear, let's just, let's Mm -hmm. just take the phrase, you know, Mm -hmm. I am a child of God. Okay. Why would that be important to you? 
Well, I think it's really important that you, first of all, know who you are. I grew up in a pastor's home. My mom and dad were were married for 60 Mm -hmm. years. My father was already a preacher Mm -hmm. when they met. Right. He started preaching when he was 16 years old. I had the best of everything from a Mm -hmm. family point of view. So in my personal prayer, it doesn't make a big difference to me to proclaim Mm -hmm. that I'm the child of God. But other people that I work with that come from broken families, that come from families that never had parents that Mm -hmm. functioned the way they should, that have no idea of who or what a parent is all about, really need to be able to say, I am the child of mm-hmm. God, right? And so that's when I go in as a pastor and and back them up and encourage them. When you pray, make sure you proclaim that you're the mm-hmm. child of God, right? And you are a joint heir with Christ and you have a family and you have an identity in Christ as mm-hmm. having a father, as having a mother, as having that because they've never had it, mm-hmm. right? And I think, again, it's really, really important. So the first thing I would say is mm-hmm. know who you are. Right. Know what has formed you. Know mind, body and soul, Mm -hmm. DNA, culture, family, all of those things. Know exactly Mm -hmm. who you are. That's the first thing. The second thing is then know what Christ has done for you and how that relates to your situation. Mm -hmm. We are a new creature in Christ. All things are passed away. All things become Mm -hmm. new. Who am I in Christ Jesus? And then the third is how can I be an asset? How can I be to the vantage of those around me? How can I live my life in love so that other people can see Christ in mm-hmm. me? I think that's great because um, I was listening to a sermon from Miles Monroe and mm-hmm. uh, part of Who Am I? And I thought the neat thing is how he broke down creation. And part mm-hmm. of it, he started with understanding that that where you came, where you come from, you cannot live without so, for example, he said, when God created the beasts of the ground, right, all the animals, he said, where mm-hmm. did they come from? Right. They came from the ground, right? He said, the right. plants, where did they come from? From the dirt. They can't live without that dirt, that ground part. Then uh, the fish, the same thing, water. But then he came to humans and he said, now look at what, what it says here about humans. He said, how does he create this? He looked to himself. He couldn't look at anything else to create human. He said, let us create man in our image and being God's spirit, he created a spirit. That's an interesting telling because, because that's what we're talking about, Mm -hmm. right? We know who we are. Let us create man in our own image, Mm -hmm. right? Then what does he do? Creates man in our image. He comes down to earth. He, yeah, but he comes down to earth and he forms man out of the dirt. So he didn't, God didn't try to image himself on earth outside of the context of life Mm -hmm. on earth. He formed a man just like he had formed the animals, just like he had formed life Mm -hmm. on earth. And then he blew his spirit into Adam and Adam become a living being. And so that's really important. This is what we're talking about. We know who our image Mm -hmm. is. We know who our identity is in Christ, Mm -hmm. but that image has got to make sense in the context of where I live. And so my Christianity in Copenhagen is exactly the same as my Christianity is in America. Mm-hmm. It's just how you However, express it. The way I yeah. live it, the way I yeah. live it is different. Yeah. And that's not wrong. And that's what we talked about. Yeah. That is the best thing. Just because that we can learn how to adapt around anywhere in the world to be able to live the exact same life in Christ in other cultures, just to be able to meet right. them in the middle. And I think that's awesome to meet anybody. And so, in the and, and, 
Well, you know, as as so so enormously important, God wants us to be people who welcome each yeah. other. Everyone should see us as a place of refuge. Everyone should see us as a friend, mm -hmm. you know, as someone that they can come to, depend upon, yeah. someone who they are going to find acceptance. Yeah. And and that demands that we know who we are and that we know where we're mm -hmm. at and we know how to live it. And that's what identity is about for me. I was just talking with my friend at while we were at work. I don't remember the whole contents of the conversation, but she said, you know, I, one of the things I love about you is that we can have any topic of conversation and you just go with it and we can talk for yeah. hours and you can talk for hours about this as if you've known it for a long time. And I think it's great to be able to talk with you and open up to you and share whatever I need to because just become very receptive to it. And that's who we are in Christ mm -hmm. Jesus. So I think it's great, Joe. Thank you for that. Um, sure. I, I, one, of the, one of the points I've always thought about too is that understanding with uh, knowing who we are in Christ is also being able to lift him up because when we lift him up, and we've said this before, he draws men to us, we become a magnet. And in that identity, we're able to share who we are in him and just be able to plant the seed to be able to lead them towards him. So, yeah, and I think that's what identity is all mm -hmm. about. I think that the, our identity as Christ is our evangelization. Mm -hmm. It's that that draws people to us because they see something that is, yeah, that is to their advantage. Yeah. Something great, something and that's wonderful. attractive, yeah. something that is accepting. Yeah. And I think that's an that important. very thing. important. So, find yeah. if you don't know and you're having struggles with it, find pick up a Bible, find uh, find someone you know that is a Christian, um, seek out your identity, find out who you are in Christ. And we guarantee it, hands down, 10 out of 10 times, you will not be sorry for it. So we love you out there. Thank you for this time. We hope to hear from you. Uh, make sure to write us at our email address at uh, talkingwithfred777 at google.com. You can find us on Instagram at talkingwithfred777 and our Facebook page, Talking With Fred. And we'd love to hear what you have to say because this is conversational and we always want to hear what you bring to the table. We love you guys. God bless.